This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Larry Richard Unfiltered. This is episode 11 with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland at Market District. This is literally the best place to shop on the planet. There shop. are people that come from other, I'm not going to say other planets to be here. Well, you never know. Well, I mean, we are near moon. I want to get... Yeah. I want to get an apartment upstairs in this place. This That's is, my goal. You know what this is like? Oh, it's, I need. it's like everything I need here. Everything in the Strip District on steroids plus indoors. I can't believe the selection. Like, there's beer and wine everywhere you look. Are you sure we're in a grocery store? I'm it's amazing. You, I mean, it's yeah. everything you need. I'm telling you, if I was like Bill Gates and like billion dollars, I'd get, get an apartment built. It's all you need. I'd walk downstairs, I have everything. There's even a chef here. I need And I got parking even. <laughs> Yenzer Cards, here first, in this very market district, Settlers Ridge, which is out in the Robinson North Fayette area, and it's uh, little, they started us. I know. They gave and us then we break. have the Yenzer chocolate bars. We've got uh, the Yenzer on a shelf. Elf on a shelf. Yeah. The Yenzer. And I hear your cards are selling very well. This is the, the hottest seller of the season. Yenzer Elf on a shelf. Santa sent me down. Will you read it, Jim? You're a better oh, Yenzer. Santa sent me down here <laughs> to make sure his kids ain't room for Cleveland. <laughs> See, there that. You know, the funny uh, thing is with the, the, the cars, and in, in the, my, my mom has got a flu, so she, can't, she couldn't make it. She's Lou. She's 83, and she goes to all the Giant Eagles, and she um, actually resets the cards. and, and like She's the we, manager. Are we paying her for that? Well, she thinks she's like a <laughs> – I tell her. She's a re, Dick told her she's a regional manager. She wants cards and everything. So She tells people, that's yeah, my she'll son. she'll move the card. They'll say, you, what are you – and she'll go, well, I'm Dick Roberts. I'm in the party. And they're like, oh, okay. This, <laughs> this Yen's are – the cards in Chinese. Elf on a shelf's patterned right after my son, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, you know what? It kind of like, is, actually. Little, yeah. That you know, like yeah. Rob Rogers, yep. our uh, – extraordinarily talented artist political cartoonist for three decades plus nationally known he's the guy behind the magic of the look so we're excited to be at market district settlers ridge and this is one of the first times where we've been out where there are actual people we customers waited. going on you said so. after 10 we're ready to go out we're ready. This is episode yeah. 11, you said, right? We're and ready. by the way, have you noticed a theme here? It seems like every time we do a podcast, we're surrounded by alcohol. Well, that's it's in true. My it's in my contract. Oh, that's why. Okay. 23rd I want more than 20 feet. <laughs> on East Carson Street, the south side, and now here at Market District. And we're excited to introduce you to Paul Abbott. Paul is the man, the mastermind behind Market District now. But you've been with Giant Eagle for how long, Paul? Uh, good morning, Larry. Uh, 32 years now is that wow. I've been working with Giant Eagle. Started at 12 wow. years old. Uh, yeah. Not too far off, actually. <laughs> far off. Uh, you know, packing bags and shagging carts. You and, uh, literally worked your way up. Literally worked my way up. And uh, there's a lot of people with Giant Eagle with that story. It's a great place to work. And, and people do like to stay here for their entire career. That's well, pretty cool. Two things we want to thank you for today, uh, inviting us and having us here. We really wanted to be here. And Two, we can't thank you enough for what you did for the Yenzer cards and the, the push for our Yenzer chocolate bars with Saracen. 
thank you. Yeah, uh, appreciate uh, it. You're more than welcome, and we thought it was just a, a great way to connect uh, the sense of place, right, with Giant Eagle being a Pittsburgh-based company, and then it's just so iconic of Pittsburgh, and our customer and our core customers, it seemed like a perfect marriage. It, it, is, it is pure Pittsburgh, uh, Giant Eagle, because even though you see the employees are here for long, I go to the one uh, for the last uh, five years. Uh, I used to go to Cochran Road and live in Green Street, now I go to the one in uh, the south side. But you see the same the same employee. You don't see turnover. You right. get to know them. It is like your neighborhood kind of like, it's amazing how you can get, get to be so big, but yet have such an intimacy with the people. And it, the, the backbone of this place, in other words, is the people. They I don't know it. if I told you, Paul. So I have a pretty famous brother-in-law named Dan Marino, right? I may have heard that. Hall of Fame quarterback, Miami Dolphins pit. So when he was visiting recently in the past year, I live in the north, so my go-to is Market District Pine. And we would go in there, and he was blown away. And he wasn't just saying it because he wouldn't. He's not that kind of guy. Right. He couldn't believe. He said, this is so much better. He called his kids, and when they came up to visit, he took them up there to Market District. And he, he took them to see the Yenzer cards and chocolates and everything else. So. I'm going to bring him here oh, he'll go nuts. because Market District <laughs> Settlers Ridge is really so much bigger. But uh, that's part of the cool thing that he, he told me this story on the phone. I was crying because the way he said it was like, like Dan Marino thinks it's like Disney World. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he went up by himself. <laughs> You'd see God. people pushing carts going, "That's Dan Marino." Is that Dan Marino? It looks like Dan Marino. I know all the people there because, like Jimmy right. says, a lot of them have been there a long time, and. Uh, so they were like, hey, Larry, is that Dan Marino? I'm like, yeah, he's like 6'4". You know, I look like Yoda standing next to him. But love Market District, and I love the fact that you appreciate the local. It's almost like you're so big, you've reinvented yourself by going local. And we're honored to have Alex Grelly, who is with Wiggle Whiskey. Alex, thanks for coming out today. Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. You know, partnership with Giant Eagle is a blast. So working with Paul has been a lot of fun, and I think this is something that we're excited to continue um, into the future. You uh, sort of paved the way here for uh, whiskey inside grocery stores, I mean, and first distillery in in Pennsylvania. And how long? So we are the first distillery to operate in Pittsburgh, um, pretty much since Prohibition, uh, and mm. and that's kind of been we've been distilling now for over ten years, uh, and you know we wouldn't be able to do what we are doing now if it wasn't for, you know, the support of the community, um, embracing our product, embracing our brand, as well as, you know, the support of uh, people like Paul, um, bringing us into the store. You know, those are the things that is, are really great about Pittsburgh and the general community is that uh, there, people do support each other. You know, I have to say, since we're on camera, Paul, great job holding the mic, man. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working hard on it all morning. We're paying uh, you extra yes. for that, Paul. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's how we got those arms. Starting a business, you know, it's cool. You know, we're so, Alex, our I want to know how a guy from San Antonio becomes an adopted Yenzer. How did you get to Pittsburgh? Uh, by way of Chicago. So I met my wife, Meredith, um, who's also part of the business. Um, and she is from, she grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Okay. So we went to school together in Chicago. Uh, ultimately, I probably convinced her to move back to Pittsburgh, but after visiting over the years, um, I really kind of just fell in love with uh, the city and thought it would be a great place to move. I was going to ask, like, you're starting a business. What made you go back? How did you start? Why Wiggle Whiskey? How did it start? Why Pittsburgh? Why did it start? How did it start to become a whiskey? Yeah, yeah we were drinking one day, and things just got out of control. But and it started. <laughs> yeah. That's how it always starts. That's how we started. Exactly. With a woman from Pittsburgh. <laughs> But no, we, you know, it, it's a family affair, and it was a, um, a, a trip to Niagara-on-the-Lake um, to, you know, take in the sites there, and we were visiting a bunch of the, the ice wineries there. It was, okay. you know, this agricultural community centered around a, a certain product. Uh, Meredith and I knew we wanted to be in um, craft alcohol. That was something that we'd been excited about, um, trying beer and wine and spirits as, as they were developing. So seeing that there was a heritage of the winemaking in that region that was 
uh, very much tied to that region's agriculture, mm-hmm. we were really excited about it. So trying to figure out what that was in Pittsburgh, where we were living at the time, uh, you know, we rediscovered, of course, the history of the Whiskey Rebellion, which mm-hmm. took place here in Western Pennsylvania, uh, and the fact that Western Pennsylvania really was uh, one of the first, the birthplaces of American whiskey um, yeah. in terms of where whiskey was first being made and how much of it was being made in this area. So, and your name is tied into that as well, Wiggle Whiskey, because right. it's, it's not tied to the song, Wiggle It Just a Little Bit. No. It's actually a historic... Uh, name. That's right. So we named the distillery after Philip Wiggle, or, you know, it was probably traditionally Weigel because he was a German immigrant. And he was a distiller in Western Pennsylvania um, in the 1790s. And that's when Alexander Hamilton, of course, um, you know, imposed the first excise tax in the country's history mm. in order to pay off the nation's debts from the Revolutionary War. The tax collectors were coming to, you know, collect the tax on whiskey production. And our guy, Philip Wiggle, who was a little in over his head, but a very, um, you know, excited distiller kind of ends up punching the tax collector. And that sparks four years of riots and protests that come to be known as the Whiskey Rebellion. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Awesome. What's even more terrifying Great to story. me is Sheila knows all this. <laughs> Wait That's a because Sheila did her research. Sheila's Larry. That's why she's an anchor <laughs> woman. <laughs> I yes. told you, Wendy. You can't take huh? the anchor woman out of Wendy. Or... Sheila, you're Wendy. Well, you'll But Wendy. I still, every time I hear the name Wiggle Whiskey, though, I just want to sing, wiggle it just a little That's bit. That's right. You know, we, we mispronounce things here in Pittsburgh, so we thought it would be fun to mispronounce Weigel's name as Wiggle. We get the playful alliteration with Wiggle Whiskey. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's just part of the Pittsburgh heritage as well that I think people would understand. And, Absolutely. Paul, when did you discover Wiggle Whiskey and Alex so uh, years ago, I, I just as a consumer, I had stopped in and, yeah. and tried the whiskey and was really a big fan of it. Um, more recently, uh, Meredith and I had uh, had just had lunch together to talk about the idea of uh, a possible partnership, uh, knowing that some of the heritage between Giant Eagle and our commitment to local, right, and the, the what uh, Alex just described so well around this this tie back to the local agriculture. So when we thought about this, it was a, it was a perfect scenario because. We, we are committed into sourcing locally as much as we can across the store, wall to wall. Hmm. But in this space in Pennsylvania, this is a commodity we are not able to sell direct to our consumers. But as a, as a craft distiller, they are. Oh, so okay. it's, a now, it's actually improving the customer experience of our core customers by making available to them spirits with a partner who has shared values around commitment to You're local sourcing yes. right. and, okay. uh, and craft distilling that's, that's really meant around a quality product. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just sounded like a good, a good partnership to begin with. So we just started the brainstorm on the ways to make it happen, and uh, we're able to pull it off. That's, that's awesome. very cool. Tremendous. So let's talk about whiskey because even though – I've been around it a long time. I what is the difference between certain whiskeys? There's when you say whiskey, that could be a whole bunch of different things. So how many different flavors is you don't call them flavors? Sure, there there are a, diff, uh, a lot of uh, different varieties of whiskey, and whiskey is the general category. And all that means is that it's a spirit that's been distilled from grain. And then the different types of whiskeys are based on what what is the predominant grain in the what they call the mash bill, which is what you actually are cooking and turning into fermentable sugars for the yeast to consume to produce alcohol. Uh, so bourbon, um, a lot of people know bourbon, and bourbon means that it's been made from at least 51% or more corn, mm. along with some other standards, such as the type of oak it's been in. It has to be in new charred oak barrels, um, and it has to be distilled to a certain alcohol content. Um, so there's other re- rules, but the predominant characteristic is about that grain. So rye whiskey, of course, is 51% or more rye and so on. Uh, and then you can you can um, manipulate the whiskey in other ways, such as one thing that's very popular is to finish your whiskey in um, specialty casks, whether or not it's, you know, fortified wines like sherry or Madeira or even something like rum to impart additional flavors into the whiskey that may not traditionally be there, but otherwise pair well with the overall whiskey profile. But like uh, maple whiskey? How, yes. How is that? Is that just in the barrels? How do they, they change the flavor there? I, so, I love maple whiskey. It's interesting. So there, there's different ways you can do it. You can either finish your whiskey in a maple barrel, which okay. we do. So we release a, a product each year called Phil's Shadow, 
uh, tied to Groundhog's Day in which <laughs> we finish rye whiskey and maple syrup barrels. So look okay. for that in the new year. Um, but you can also flavor whiskey with um, the, the maple syrup itself. So we have oh. a honey bourbon in which we take our bourbon whiskey and uh, we blend in some uh, honey that we source from Bedillion Farm, so a local apiary, yeah. and that flavors um, the the bourbon with the honey flavor and sweetness, and so it kind of uh, makes makes that bourbon something different. It's not just finishing in a barrel that held bourbon. It's actually kind of blending up a new product. What's well, your favorite whiskey drink? Like for me, I love an old fashioned. What's your yes. What's your favorite? What do you recommend? I really like a Manhattan. I think you know, Those it's, are good too. It, classic. It, it's a classic. It's it's uh, very straightforward. It it hits all the spots for me. What's um, in a Manhattan for those that don't know? So in a Manhattan is um, your choice of whiskey, and I generally choose rye whiskey for my Manhattans, and then a, a sweet vermouth, um, and that's usually you know the the red vermouths um, versus the white vermouth. So you, and those come with all sorts of botanicals. Uh, that include, you know, wormwood and uh, gentian and um, other flavorings that kind of create the complexity to the cocktail, almost like your bittering agent. And then you, usually you top it with a nice Luxardo or Amarena cherry um, and maybe an orange twist or something. What's your go-to, Paul, since you discovered this by sampling yourself? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the old-fashioned. It's uh, oh, just okay. a, a classic drink and uh, really lets the, uh, the quality of the spirit come through. Now, what's this uh, partnership with uh, Great Lakes and some of the other things you're doing, too? Right. So what's really interesting about whiskey is you, you basically make beer first, other than you're not adding hops uh, in terms of beer is made from grain that you're um, fermenting. But the big difference with beer is you add a hops and they usually use all malted barley. So beer is made from malted barley. And that's more similar to scotch. Um, but they, they go through a different process. The fermentation process is different. The grain selection is very different. Uh, and so we've um, done partnerships in which we've distilled uh, beer from breweries. Or we've done um, uh, partnerships in which we source barrels that have held those breweries' beer. So in the case of um, our product, Rudolph, which is the collaboration with Great Lakes Brewing, uh, we source their Great Lakes um, Christmas ale barrels, and then we finish some of our whiskey in those uh, Christmas ale barrels. And so what you get is some of that kind of nice spice and malt character from uh, the beer kind of finishing off our whiskey in a really pleasant way, uh, in which you can kind of, if you drink them side by side, you can identify some of those flavors that come through. So you have a pop-up, and where else can people get Wiggle Whiskey? Right. So, uh, of course, it's easiest to do it when you're shopping for your groceries on a regular basis. So right. stopping in here uh, is a great way to do it. But we also have a bottle shop location at Ross Park Mall uh, near the L.L. Bean and Cheesecake Factory. And we also have the distillery in the Strip District in which we do, you know, that's open uh, seven days a week uh, for picking up bottles. But it also has a restaurant um, and you can do tours on the weekends. I've been there. It's a cool space. That's your old, this is his birthplace. Strip District. Strip District guy, man. I think he made the first whiskey, but it wasn't commercial. Yeah. (laughs) A little bathtub stuff. Moonshine. Well, that's what's interesting. Making uh, wine takes like a year. Brendan makes wine. How long does it take? Is it a year? Does it age over many years to make these barrels? That's right. You have to have patience. Uh, So the, and it, there's a lot of um, what's nice about craft distilleries is they've come up with ways to get whiskey to consumers faster. And that's um, using smaller barrels uh, okay. oh. because of the ratio yeah. of the surface area of the wood to okay. the volume volume of the whiskey is much higher. So you get that wood flavor and oxidation much faster. But we also use traditional size barrels and those take we're usually emptying those at about four years. Um, wow. So m- the whiskey that we're emptying out of those barrels wow. was made four years. Is at least four years. And so what year did you start? We whi- started in um, distilling in 2011. So ten is, years. Is, is whiskey like wine, though? I mean, does it get better as it ages? You know, 10, 20 years on down the line, or does it go bad? It can go bad in terms of from the perspective of as it's aging, it's evaporating. So you're losing whiskey, and at some point. You may have so little whiskey, and it's full of all of these tannins from the oak barrel. So you might have a very oaky whiskey, and maybe someone likes it, and maybe it's good. But 
or maybe it's just really oaky and uh, it dries out your mouth. So age doesn't um, really it, matter. It, yeah, it, it, it can. Um, and a lot of people use it as a proxy to determine whether or not it's a quality whiskey because mm. there are processes that take time in the barrel, such as oxidation. So some of the components that are coming over in the distillation process change as a result of interacting with both oxygen and the alcohol and that forms new compounds that have different flavors. It's like science and high-level math all at the I same like time. Like Alex Grelly, <laughs> Wiggle so. Whiskey. Can't thank you enough for oh, coming out to be it, with Thanks, us Alex. here at Market District, Settlers Ridge. It's thank been you. A, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. And it's I'm so glad that uh, we are all able to come together here with Paul. And Johnny You're officially yeah, a Yenzer now. So And then Paul really stamped it when you got uh, Alex to come here. So, Paul, thank you. And uh, we want to meet some other members of your team because not only do they have this beautiful section, but there are a lot of things to eat. So we're going to meet a chef, Chef Ben, next. Again, Alex, thank you. Thanks, Al. Thanks, thank Alex. You. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren and Sheila Highland, Episode 11 from Market District at Settlers Ridge. We're going to get uh, Paul a Massage Envy gift card to... Rub his <laughs> biceps out. All right, you ready? Okay, here we go. Larry Richard Unfiltered with my good friend Jim Cren and my good friend Sheila Highland. Let's see. Jim, stand-up comedian, radio legend, producer, writer, actor. Male model. Male model. Uh, he did model for Holy Pictures at one point Thank in his you. career. Yes. We're still working on him becoming the exorcist in a film to be Demon on Brownsville Road. So, yeah, Larry's managing right. it. Get out. Yeah. I'm yeah, working I can't, on it. Why do I even try? Sheila. I cannot do a user. Good. Highland esteemed journalist, anchor woman. Esteemed. Esteemed. I like esteemed. Yes. Yeah. And I do steam some glasses <laughs> here and there and some clothing. Well, that's a good lead up. Steamed and uh, here we are. Market District Settlers Ridge. We're Appreciative Paul Abbott, who's the man behind the whole thing that's going and on here with Market District. And, and he's Thank been extremely much. helpful. And we introduce you to Chef Ben D'Amico. Ben, are you originally from Pittsburgh? I am. I'm from Monongahela, and I currently live in 84. So right. I'm a local. All the way. Yeah. Is that, how far is that from Brownsville? That's far. That's not. <laughs> 40 minutes or so, 30 minutes. Did you ever hear about this haunted there? house down demon. there? The demon uh, at Brownsville I Road? I have not. Oh, it's unreal. Is it Seriously. Brownsville Road? Yeah, demon on Brownsville Road. Scary stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. But <laughs> okay. making a movie. as we enter this <laughs> season of food, I married into an Italian family, so I was never exposed to the seven fishes and the meals that Italian-Americans, for the most part, prepare for Christmas Eve. So there's Christmas Eve, and then there's Christmas Day. They're different in terms of what dishes are created. Absolutely. So let's start with the seven fishes of Christmas Eve. What are those seven fishes? So the seven fishes actually vary from family to family. It's an American-Italian tradition, um, and it really depends. Usually it's, it's crab, shrimp, Sometimes eel, calamari, mussels, scallops. Uh, really, it's whatever you like. We, we usually oh. do more than seven, uh, okay. just because. So it's uh, not always the seven fishes, it's the seven seafoods. Yes, yes, and okay. it's, it's tied into uh, Catholicism, and there's, not, there's a lot of different kind of theories behind how this came up, but it's a meatless meal. Um, so traditionally, it's you know, no meat products at all. Pesce. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, it can be whatever you want. There's usually a pasta, there's usually some kind of potato, some vegetables, and then really it's whatever your family likes. And okay. there's two ways to go. You can kind of go the hardcore traditional, which would be like the eel and the uh, the sardines and kind of stuff like that. Or there's more or less the, I guess, Americanized way, which is shrimp, scallops. Right. Kind of the yeah. stuff that the kids are going to eat, How too. about schmelz? Schmelz, the fried schmelz. Yeah, oh that's a gosh. must. We so, did that one time. I've never had a fried schmelz. Oh, me neither. We we went to midnight mass after the seven fishes, and we cleared a row because the schmelz smelled like you know like schmelz. Yeah, like they schmelz. They smelled bad. <laughs> and they had schmelz. We kind of cheated on the tradition too, because one year we got sushi, so we didn't have all. You know, we figured, well, that's a well, that counts as long as you have seven. We always do. You count to seven. If, if you've gone beyond that, you hit a home run. There you go. Do you ever have the Feast of the Seven? Yeah, I have. Half How about you, I Sheila? have never, and I also married into an Italian family for you know 27 years, and never and you still didn't, didn't do it. No, never tried the Seven Fishes. That's. Mm -mm. Uh, how could you not do that? I, I, 
I don't know. It was up to them, not me. I I'm not Italian. That's good. So Actually, it, at the time, I didn't like fish anyway, though. I do now. I appreciate it very much. But what yeah. what do you have here, Chef? So here we did a couple twists on some products that you may not have, or you may you may have your Christmas mm-hmm. or, or uh, seven fishes. Uh, the first is a black squid ink pasta over my aunt. This is my great aunt Tina's recipe. It's braised calamari. It's got some it Calabrian chilies in there. It's a little spicy oh. and a little mm. bit of mushrooms to act as a little buffer between this, the calamari and, and you know, the sauce. That looks amazing. Um, Braised so, calamari. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard of that, but it sounds well, delicious. Well, you know, usually you see it fried on most recipe on restaurant right. menus, but this is braised, so you just cook it a little longer. Uh, it's nice and tender and oh. do it with your kind of traditional What is sauce. calamari for those that don't know? Just squid. Just oh, a squid, yeah. You want some squid. What, and what That's is the a squid pasta? Game. What's the pasta getting? It's a black squid ink pasta. It's uh, by Rustica. Uh, uh, is that right, Paul? Rustacella. Rustacella, yeah. Um, it's a product we just brought in actually recently. Awesome. This Actually, today it just came in the so stores. So they're available oh. at Market District, everything in we this everything dish. Here. Everything, yes. Everything was prepared in the store. And, uh, again, the calamari is one of my staples. That and the anchovies with olive oil, which is just anchovies, olive oil, butter, mm. a little bit of Parmesan. Okay. Those two are, like, the best dishes that everybody eats, yeah. even though they're a little... Odd right, for most people, up, but still, I mean, but those are the two. That if we're gonna have Christmas Eve, right. we're gonna have those two dishes guaranteed at the D'Amico house. That's your home base. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> the other one's a newer dish, mussels. So this actually is a sustainable product. It comes out of Maine, and this is a very clean-tasting mussel. Uh, it's farm-raised. It's sustainable. And I just did it with some fennel, onions, a little chili pepper, and I actually used some Wiggle whiskey. Looks so you usually oh, use okay. wine or beer, but since Wiggle was just on, I right. actually used some of their product, and it huh. gives it that nice little smoky, rich flavor in there. So just Alex Grelly will be thrilled to hear yeah. that. <laughs> well, with our partnership, we're happy to have them here, but you know, serve that with some little bit of crusty bread, and okay. you have a nice dish. You know, I remember, I have three brothers, so there were four boys and then my baby sister, and my dad worked three nights a week when he came home and wanted a snack. I mean, we decimated the kitchen. <laughs> the one thing he knew wouldn't get eaten would be sardines. Yeah. And he would come <laughs> home and open that can, and we'd all, oh. <laughs> and he would revel in putting those on a piece of bread and eating them in front. You guys want any? No, no, no we're no. good. We're good. <laughs> Are sardines part of? It's funny, actually. I buy that for my dad for Christmas because he's the same way. He only, he's the only one in the house really? who eat it. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's an acquired taste. Yeah. yeah, it is. I think uh, fish that are whole or fish with heads are not the norm for most part. So you kind of got to like them. Um, but yeah, that's one that we'll prepare and he can have. Jimmy and I were in this little town in Italy called Pizzafra, where Bruno Sammartino was mm-hmm. from, and uh, we traveled there. Do you remember the night we had dinner yes. and I ordered the fish? They call yes. it pesce. Yes. And uh, it came, was and it was, it was the whole fish. It, well, I just see the space. The fish was staring at him. Larry's like, what am I going to do? I, got, oh, I didn't want to say no. I thought Luca Brazzi was going to get me. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know it was fish. It just caught and brought in. Like, they didn't do it. I think they did it. They, they call they non-Italians metaguns, right? Like, yeah, they want to get you. Non-Italians, so... Ben's laughing, but he knows what I'm talking about. I was crying. What you're talking the Metagon. He doesn't know oh what he's God. talking about. Yeah. Let's give him that dead fish we found. <laughs> yes, those fish eyes. He gave me that stare. Don't eat me. <laughs> All right, let's flip over to Christmas Day. What would be different about Christmas Day when it comes to Italian foods? So, I, for from my background, we're, I'm half Slovak and half Italian. So, we, we kind of do some of those Slovak foods. But, really, we, we kind of do straight-up American. Like, we do the traditional... Uh, prime rib, ham, you know, a potato dish, maybe some asparagus, uh, some shrimp or something. Personally, I, I think it's it's so much what you grew up with and what your family continues as your tradition sure. that it really varies from, from person to person. Right. Um, but usually, you know, you hunk of meat at the middle of the table is usually like a <laughs> must for Christmas, I think. Uh, and then usually shrimp cocktail, honestly, is like the two things I would say that's pretty much a staple that I've always had kind of growing up. You can't go wrong with shrimp cocktail. Yeah. What made you get into uh, the food industry and become a chef? <laughs> so uh, my, my mom tells a story. Uh, she, my parents weren't great cookers. They weren't great cooks. They grew. They made five or six dishes, right. and it kind of forced me from a very young age, uh, being the oldest of four, to kind of Be take this on myself. Yeah, and start to make some food. Go beyond fish stick Friday. Exactly. So <laughs> Mrs. Paul's. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. Every Friday of my life. That's right. Right. <laughs> Thank you. That's a Pittsburgh thing, I think. Fish stick Friday. So that's what got me into into the world of food, and uh, 
Went to they school must and love you now. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's Come it's on, funny. Cook for us. Having a background in food, it always gives you something that people want to talk to you about. Sure, relatives, so, so you know, there's a person in banking. Ah, uh, he, sure. how's you doing? Great. When you're in food, Come they on. want to talk to you about everything and anything. Here's my cookie recipe. Here's this. Here's that. They want to share. So I've been lucky enough to get a lot of the generational knowledge passed did, down to me. Did you have the artistic talent from when you started? Did you feel it? You know what I mean? You could feel yes. like you know, feel being the comedian. You could feel it. You could feel it. I was six or so, and I'm like, I want to do this. This zone. is my career. This is what I. Yeah, you have that passion. Uh-huh. Um, and that's translated so well for my time at Market District. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to the holidays, though, do they expect you to be the chef every year? Oh, yes. Everything, but I get Thanksgiving off. Thanksgiving's <laughs> the only holiday. I don't have to. My mother-in-law does that. I don't have to touch a thing. Every other holiday, I'm pretty well expected can to. can you help yourself from kind of critiquing everything you eat when somebody else makes it? Yes. I'm immersed in food all the time, <laughs> so it's kind of nice to have a break. But you know what? I've never been judgmental about food. I love all sorts of everything from fast casual to, to high end to do it yourself to local, regional, whatever. I'm just, I'm a food person, it's, so I'm not judgmental. It's not, it's probably not work for you, though. It's probably no, not work for you. No, it, it hasn't been. No, it, it just, it's, it, again, it's that passion. It's the, the love of food, and I love to eat, so that also helped. I love to shop. I mean, I was, I was just, I was go with my mom to the grocery store all the time. Yeah. And, and what, ben, what Ben just uh, articulated is really at the essence of what Market District is. We are, we are about this culture of passion for food and how it brings people together, and, yeah, and it just, everybody has to eat. And we love the, the idea of just ex- exploration of food, making it fun and unexpected, which leads to the to the story around Dan shopping in our pine store. It's the things you didn't know you could see in food, and right. it's just it's a it's such a compelling thing to to really um, to get behind and, and to provide for our, our customers. It's one amazing. Of the, it's fun. I think one of the greatest things, one of the greatest joys for me, and I think for many people. And we've lost some of this on a daily basis with our own families where when we grew up, you had to be at dinner with the whole family, which could be good and bad. It depends how many people you had in your family and what the situation was at the time. But I still love dinner with family and friends, especially when like we've traveled, you know, Jim yeah. and uh, been with and meet new and interesting people. And you're sharing a love of food and and good drinks. So it's, it's, not, it's nice having it be able to with these times people are so busy it's nice being able to get it all in one market one area get everything you need basically right? yeah i'm thinking too that you know you could come here to the market district and we can eat what you've prepared for us so we don't have to do it ourselves yeah a lot of that is is pre-done or we, we mm-hmm. give you the recipes or the the knowledge again we talk about seafood you go back and you talk to the, the fishmonger and say hey what do you got here's what's fresh here's what's coming in right. um and and sometimes they have recipe ideas or, or more or less it's it's also just sharing what they like you know it's a very food's very personal and it's it's there's that sense to nourish and and that's what we have with a lot of our team members is that sense that they'll i'll tell you what i like this is my passion maybe it's not what you like or right. what doesn't work for you but it's just that open sharingness of that that love of food well before we move on because we want to talk about some other foods that you uh, have prepared and have some ideas for us. Just real quick on the dessert part. Oh, yeah. The Italian, I love those pizzels. <laughs> yes. You you know the pizzels. I love, pizzels. I love them, but every... without anise. I don't like the anise really? in the pizzels. Uh, that's the traditional no. way. See, that's, no. so that's the old school with the anise. You yeah. can have it without, though. You sure. can have it in many different flavors, but that's, yeah. that's just like the fish heads and stuff. Anise is one of those things a lot of people don't care for. So leave it out. It's fine. There was an old-time restaurant in Shadyside called Pasta Piatta. Do you remember that, Yes, Jim? I do, yeah. And they Absolutely. had, what they did was simple dessert. They had a pizzel with a little white powdered sugar in an Italian ice that you would dip and scoop. Mm, it, that uh, it's really good. I noticed the Italian ice and sorbet things also cleanse your palate, I guess, between... Yes. Different dishes. Is yeah, that- it's it's a nice refresher. Whether it's a gelato or a sorbetto, it's just a nice little break from you know the heavy cookie or the cake or anything else in the meal. You know what else with desserts? I know it's so different. Every place I get tiramisu is a little different. It's got a little bit of whatever. Yep. Your own style. It is again. I think uh, Italian goes back to like the grandma who came over on the boat. Yeah. Like that's that's my story, and and nothing was written down. So the, the, the traditions and the recipes that pass on from person to person, eventually somebody does right. write it down, right. but it's never the same at the first. Yeah. So you have all these variants so of the like same kind of recipe. it's like telephone game where you yes. start a message, and by the time you get to the other side, it's a different message. Yeah, and that, especially Italian sauce, too. It's different. Oh, from yeah. Every grandmother makes it different. Well, I think the best compliment you can also get is when a relative or family member says, oh, that's like grandma used to make, because it's actually very hard to replicate that. Right. I, was, well, I used to watch my grandma. It was amazing. Like, she p- throw pinches and it, how do you know their mouth and everything? They just know. They just know. 
We're with Chef Ben D'Amico and Paul Abbott, Market District, Settlers Ridge, and uh, we got some more things to talk about. Who doesn't love food? You love food. Of course I love food. I'm going to ask you your favorite dish. Don't tell me now. All right. Paul, Ben, hang on. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland. Episode 11. We got more to talk about for your tastes. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, episode 11, Market District, Settlers Ridge. This is a fabulous place. We want to again thank Paul Abbott, who is now the mastermind behind all this, with the company, 32 years. But this store opened in 2009? 2009, that's right. And I was here. Our producer is Dick Roberts, and Dick had me do these little video vignettes in the different departments. And uh, do you remember? And Chef Ben D'Amico, you've been here since the very beginning. I've been here. I've been with Market District for 13 years. Actually, we did a, a gelato shoot together. <laughs> That's right. It was right. one of those promos. I remember over in the gelato station when I was here. Me and you did that promo together. I still have those. I saved those little video vignettes because this was such a new concept for people because of the traditional grocery store. And then this is so much more than that. And how would you describe that, Paul, to anybody that says, well, what makes Market District different? So really, at the end of the day, the, the, the phrase passion for food is really at the essence of this. So we're not a specialty store because we want to be super approachable to everybody and not feel that it's fancy. Right. But we also want to make sure that it feels like an exploration and discovery of, of food and how can it enhance your everyday lives. Uh, everybody's eating and he brings people together and it's just ways to take what you're doing already today and really elevating it, turning it into a remarkable experience. So it should have great taste. It should have an element of learning, exploration that makes you just feel really engaged in, in part of that. And we like to do all the work on how we procure and where you know, we'll scour the world really for, for some of the best food and where we can locally. But I appreciate how you really try to focus on the local when you can. It, it, it is true. It, it, the thing that intrigues me is it's every time I've gone to you know, trying to go to market it's just so fresh and so that must be there's an art to that isn't it the, 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 is there I mean it's really quality too also you have to so you really have to taste test and try a lot of I could be your taste tester by the way but you have to taste a lot of different food you see how that's the hard part of the job for that. but still yeah, yeah we, we uh, spend a lot of time trying and, and talking with vendors and and uh, and companies and uh, trying a lot of stuff. There was one point in my career I, I had to eat two pounds of butter because it was all different flavored butter. Oh. So yeah, it, it sometimes it's a little overwhelming, but yeah, there's you have to try it. You have to talk to the vendors. We're, we love to partner with local companies and just good companies in, that share a, a common message um, or a common passion for food. Ben, I'll give you my phone number. If there's ever a butter day or any work. problem like that, I'll come up and help. Yeah, we can work out something. <laughs> <laughs> How many square feet is the Market District Settlers Ridge? So this store uh, with the uh, the second floor level, I think, uh, comes in just under 150,000 square feet. 150,000 square feet. lost. It's it really is amazing, and it, it it was it was built with the intention of being a true destination for food right. and health related. We have, of course, we have a robust pharmacy business, as you as you know, but we have a cooking school upstairs. I mean, there's other things that we do here that uh, we dedicated some of that space to to okay. really get get around that idea around ex exploration and discovery and education of food so huh. uh, this store is uh, truly special um, to us and um, when we opened it it was really meant to be the destination of food in, in the Pittsburgh area well it certainly has been and continues to be we appreciate being here so chef Ben Let's talk about some of the things you brought. This is, uh, is it pronounced charcuterie? Charcuterie. Charcuterie. At least I think so. How do yes. you say Am that? I correct? Charcuterie. That charcuterie. is correct, okay. yeah. I got to be honest. I never heard that word till I was much older. Like, we didn't have charcuterie down. No, when I see it on the menu, I don't I just always say charcuterie. <laughs> so, but, but most people know charcuterie as meats and cheese. That's the basic. It's a meat and cheese platter with a little bit of fruit. So the charcuterie is the fancy way. It's, it's like saying a vegetable tray, but calling it crudite. Right? How, how is yeah. this different? I mean, so uh, Italians call it antipasta, sort of. Yes. But it's a, it's the cheese and... It's the combination. Uh, it's it's a French word. Um, it's just something, it just makes it feel fancy. But you know what? Cheese and charcuterie doesn't need to be fancy. Uh, this actually, what we have is, is all local products. So we were talking about local earlier. These are uh, three different 
creameries we deal we, we buy from today, um, Goat Rodeo, Pasture Made, and Clover Creek, all local to Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And uh, we did a couple cheeses from them. And then also uh, Parma, which is down the strip, we have a couple of their Sopressata, uh, Sopressata for your Italians, uh, some Spec, um, or some Copa Seca, and then, you know, local some fruit, some crackers. Those, those kind of make up the tri- uh, the rest of the charcuterie. But I always like to hit it with a little bit of mustard. We have a local mustard, Miller's mustard, which is a banana pepper mustard. If you haven't tried it, it's great on sandwiches. Banana pepper banana mustard. Banana pepper that mustard. That sounds amazing. And and local honey. This is Bedillion Farms local honey here. So all this kind of works together to make a, a symphony of, of different flavors and textures. And, you know, being from Pittsburgh, you, you got to love pickles. I think it's kind of in your blood. Uh, so we have local, yeah. uh, the Pittsburgh pickle, pickle Company. And then we also have, uh, I think Paul and I are big on, is Cleveland Kitchen. Um, they do a lot of great products that uh, Paul's been very involved in. So we've tried to represent that on a plate here. You know what's great about charcuterie boards, too, is that you don't have to cook anything. And you can put anything on the charcuterie board. Just lay it out there, and people will be happy, and they'll nibble at it all night long if you're having a party. Absolutely. That's Again, if you're cutting it up in, in cubes or you're using different textures, flavors, different sizes, it's kind of make it what you want. We, we, we love heat. Pittsburghers love heat. There's a little heat in there. Like, oh, I, so I can't talk about the cocktail now, sauce. Because right? I tried I like a shrimp with the, what is in the cocktail right, sauce? Oh, my God, your face is getting right. red. Yeah. <laughs> I got some heat. I love it. Yeah. So, Paul, do you want to talk about the cocktail sauce? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, many of the listeners may not be aware, we have a store in Carmel, Indiana in central Indiana and in downtown Indianapolis there's a famous steakhouse called St. Elmo's Steakhouse it's been there for almost 120 years now they're famous for their cocktail sauce uh, and, and shrimp cocktail appetizer. So when we first started to explore that market, as we anywhere we build a store, we want to own and, lo- and learn that local community. Right. It led us to this cocktail sauce, and it's, it's been part of that community for so many years. Oh, really? okay. And we're really, um, it's exceptional uh, in every way, but it has this unique uh, hot horseradish kick that is unmatched and has a little tiny hint of sweetness to kind of balance it. And the first one is really intense, but then it makes you want to go back for the next one yes. as soon as it's it done. So it creates exactly. that craveability that Even is really while you interesting. Were speaking, so Paul, I went back for the second exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> so it, 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 it yeah. bites you a little at first, and you're like, "Wow, right. that's so really the, good." It goes back to that that what we're all about that ex- exploration and discovery of food is something that's just it's ordinary, but it's a twist. So this that's is interesting. part of your job, Paul, where you've got to go and discover these things too, right, Chef? Pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's actually Paul was one of the lead innovators on going out to Carmel and setting up all these local and new vendors that we've had some success bringing back into the other markets so it's great again to share what's local there to what's local in our ohio stores and our pennsylvania stores yeah and the original giant eagle was here right paul that's right yeah we've been uh, a pittsburgh company for our entirety of uh, i think almost 90 years now wow, wow. And um, how many employees now do you have i, I think we're in the mid thirty thousand range Whoa. so i don't know the exact number it's well over thirty thousand uh employees that um all really are committed to the same idea of serving our communities it's, and it's, being trusted to serve food to their it's, families. It's phenomenal. You're at nine, almost 90? How many years? How many years N- uh, nine, almost 90 years now. That's, that's amazing. It really is. Yeah, and the family's still involved. The original families, I mean, that goes back almost, you yeah. know, a long time. Since the beginning, and I think that's part of that family culture we touched on earlier in the, in the episode, right. why we have the retention we do, why we have the team members who, who care so much about what they do and why we make careers out of this and stay here. I'll tell you the other thing. My brother-in-law, who's been living in Florida a long time. One of the things he said, taking him to Market District in Pine, is we got back in the car and he goes, people are so nice. <laughs> I'm like, well, where do you shop? Really? But he said it's different because in Florida, for most case, everybody's from somewhere else. You don't have that community neighborhood mm-hmm. feel. Have you experienced right. that too? Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and as you said earlier too, it's the same employees. You get to know them, the people that are checking you out. And I remember when I first moved to Pittsburgh in 88 and I came to a Giant Eagle. First of all, I was floored by the name. I was like, where did that name come from? I couldn't believe that there was a store where you could get food, you could do your dry cleaning, you could get a lottery ticket, you could do your banking, anything you needed. <laughs> I. I you know, it was right there. I'd never seen a store like that before. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, something that really it's about solving solutions for, for customers and guests. It's, you know, what can make their lives easier and, and really, again, use food as the hub of what we all need and bring us together and, and make life easier but for you. You and your team have made so many innovations, too, with all the different ways that you can certainly over the COVID pandemic, we still have to eat. And I want to give all of your team members credit for being here for us because 
they have been through the thick and thin, right, Jim? Absolutely, Larry. They had, you know, they were exposed to all the people. Right. That, uh, they had their masks on, but they were there. They're for a special the group. Entire pandemic. That's a great point, Larry. And you had the curbside pickup, which increased tremendously. But you had that set up before, so you were poised for success there. But you also had that way where you can scan your stuff while you're shopping. That's right. We uh, we have a culture of continuous innovation um, at, at Giant Eagle, and uh, and certainly a market district. And uh, we've been in that e-commerce space uh, with curbside either. Uh, click and collect at the curb or yeah. or now home delivery and other ways to improve that checkout experience too so uh, we were well positioned to serve customers through the uh, pandemic and that said chef tell us about uh, some of the other things i know you want to talk about some non-traditional dishes yeah non-traditional but well, i'm going to start with the shrimp though because i kind of uh, we talked yeah, about please. that's always uh, been mm -hmm. shrimp it's always been christmas right. eve christmas right. day for me and my family yeah. this shrimp was actually swimming down off the coast of florida 48 hours ago whoa this Talk is a, yes this is a this is a brand new product for us it's huh. from a, a company called sun uh they're a farm raised sustainable uh they're the most sustainable shrimp you can buy in the united states they, it's, that's a fact uh and they they ship it to us um Within 48 hours, it's harvested and shipped, and it's in our stores. And that's huh. that's a head-on shrimp, which you never really see out there, yeah, you know. which is just a really cool yeah, thing to I'm have. Yeah, I've seen right. the eyes. There you go. Sort of like, <laughs> like your, your experience your fish, in Italy. Yeah. Not yeah, for everyone. Only smaller. But still, <laughs> and that's as fresh as you can get right there. Yeah, so that's what we have, and it's it's just cocktail style, and it's served mm -hmm. with that St. Elmo's, which is just that, that kick. But that's, you know, we, we strive for sustainability and best practices where we can at, at Market District, and this is a, a great one for the holidays because, again, I, I don't know if it's Christmas without shrimp, to be honest with you. Yeah. Absolutely. I've always Agreed. had shrimp, even when sure. my family was just roast beef and potatoes for the <laughs> yeah. most part. Until I met the Italian-American side of my wife's family. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, you also have people that are trying to pair up foods. Do you know anything about wine, Chef? I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, connoisseur. Uh, Paul, Paul, way more. We've, we've had yeah. many discussions together with it. Uh, I enjoy wine, but I'm, I, I'd say drink what you like. Uh, and, and I'm, see, I'm with you. Uh, you know what? Doesn't that just <laughs> make sense? I, I put, I put, uh, like they say, don't put cheese on seafood, but I put cheese on most of my seafood. It was on that calamari earlier. So, like, amazing, if it, whether white is supposed to go with most seafood, but if you have a red you like and it balances, it works. I mean, that's my take on it. What do you say, Paul? Because uh, I know you have all the wines available here now. It's we, been a few years since we, that's even been a possibility. That, that's exactly right. In uh, in Ohio, we are uh, a leading merchant of wine there because of the, the laws are different there, of course. But um, Ben's exactly right. Drink what you like. Uh, there is an element of how can it enhance the experience if you do get those magical pairings. So it's not to say you can't do anything, right. but when you do well, the give combinations. Well, give us a couple. So, you, uh, would you know, recommend. of course, when you think about holiday dinner, Ben talked about the hunk of meat, right? There, people are going to order prime rib. You're going to have that rich, very fatty flavor. Yeah. It, it's going to pair classically with a, a Cabernet Sauvignon or perhaps a Bordeaux blend. Red, robust, it'll help cut through that fat and, and enhance that flavor as an example. Okay. Um, when you start to get into some of the charcuterie things, I'd like to recommend almost any white sparkling wine. Okay. Because, again, you start to get into some elements of variations of flavors because you're, you're dealing with cured meats, your cheeses, and some fun mustards. Yeah. And sometimes that sparkling um, wine will kind of, it, it creates a craveability, but then cuts through some of the fat elements that make this stuff so delicious. Mm. So it's a way to kind of, it, it is festive, certainly for the holidays. Right. But I think folks don't drink sparkling wine uh, often enough for everyday occasions because it really yeah. does pair extremely well with a wide range of foods. Huh. And it gives you that flexibility. What's your go-to <clears throat> wine, Sheila? Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet. Every time. Any, Jimmy? Anything in a box. <laughs> <laughs> you get that Franza box wine. All about the volume. How about you, <laughs> Chef Ben? What do you like? Do you uh, like a good wine? A Pinot Grigio is probably my go-to because I cook with it more than I do drink with it. So, Here's the way I look at that. We talked about this before. I figured if Jesus could make wine, I'm in. So, But no one ever says it. doesn't say in the Bible whether it's a white or a red Good right? point. Or a Zinfandel. You're right. You're right. Good no, point. No, they never say it. I will say, say though, with the charcuterie just, board, though, I think the, well, red no. and cheese mm, can't be beat. They're eating fish. I'm going to go white. That'd Is that white true? White with fish? Traditionally. Generally? Yeah. Traditionally. Yeah. yeah. So you said the reds with the meats, fish would be the whites. Those are always good, safe bets and easy way to navigate through. 
Uh, what gets interesting is when you have the, the what it's prepared with, right? So the fish itself can sometimes often be delicate, but the preparation can also uh, get it, you know, if you start to Bring use bold up. flavors and right. then you might want to think about that. So um, it's, it's a, a never ending exploration. It's one of the reasons why uh, people enjoy things like wine or cheese. You'll you know never what? learn everything me, there is Paul? to know. Yeah. You're oh, the Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> Of food and great drinks. <laughs> yeah. Right here, Paul Abbott. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Without research title. accent. <laughs> Ben's going, oh, I got this one. <laughs> Chef Ben Amico, since the beginning here, Market District, Settlers Ridge, can't thank you enough. Thank you. And I know Rick Dolnack, our famous actor who helps us out, is here. <laughs> uh, Jim Patolsky, who is our engineer and does a great job. They're hoping that they can linger a bit before you remove this great food you've prepared. I'll get doggy bags for everybody. Get a sample, get a sample. Yes. We want to thank our there. producer, Dick Roberts, and uh, Paul, again, thank you. Microphone job. For, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, it's been my pleasure to be here. Thank and, you, uh, I'm gonna keep working on even enhancing my microphone skills. You're, and, part, of, you're part of the show now. <laughs> and you can cater, <laughs> catering, right? Absolutely, uh -oh. catering is a huge uh, platform of growth for us. Ben has really worked hard on developing the, that capability and the menu that we have there. And uh, you should really think of us for almost any occasion. If you need food, please think ben, of us because we can, we can make it happen. You uh, make right a here. lot of, you know, <laughs> not a lot of jobs give you the opportunity to make people happy you make a lot of people happy every day yeah. um, I'm a happy guy and I think that's a great thing to share that love and that passion through food and anytime you can brighten somebody's day whether it's a smile or, or for food it's it's worth it and you so. do have a great smile by the way well, thank you yes you do it's very genuine benvenuti in ero associate suni Italia Americana Desport. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, whatever. Ciao. Uh, Sheila Highland, Jim Cren. I'm Larry Richard, unfiltered with Paul Abbott, Market District, Settlers Ridge, and Chef Ben. Thank you, guys. Have a great holiday season ahead. Same to you guys. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.